Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, it's Abortion Palooza 2021. We're so excited to bring you two more films that illustrate the importance of body autonomy for women, especially in regard to pregnancy, and we try to make this podcast evergreen, but it seems like one thing that is evergreen is people attacking abortion rights. So right now there's some shit going on in Texas, we don't have to get into it, but uh, it just makes these movies constantly topical. The first film we're going to talk about is a 2020 drama called Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, written and directed by Eliza Hitman, who also directed a couple of episodes of High Maintenance, <laughs> and starring Sydney Flanagan and Talia Ryder. It tells the story of Autumn, a 17-year-old from rural Pennsylvania who enlists the help of her cousin, Skylar, to travel to New York City to get an underage abortion. I didn't see you at school today. I went to the doctor. What's wrong? Girl problems. Don't you ever just wish you were a dude? All the time. This is the most magical sound you will ever hear. She's not ready to be a mom. Where else could you go? Nowhere in Pennsylvania. I think you should try another place. You going to New York? What are you doing there? Seeing family and stuff. Who came with you today? My cousin. Do you have a place to stay tonight? I know you came from far away. I'll figure it out. This area's closed. Do not sleep here. Where's the rest of the money? La, 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 la. I want to make sure that you're safe. La, 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 la. I know this is hard. I'm going to ask you some questions. They can be really personal. Just answer either never, rarely, sometimes, or always. So, uh, what do you guys think of that one? I thought it was a really awesome movie. I have very little meaningful passages because it was more visual, I think, mm-hmm. with a lot of dialogue, but it was really good. It was really heavy, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really powerful. It was a bit of a stressful watch, for sure. Uh, and yeah, there isn't much dialogue at all. It's one of my favorite things about it is the shorthand that Skylar and Autumn have, you know, with, with just looks and gestures and yeah. the, the way they communicate is really touching. And you really get a feel for the fact that they don't really have anybody 
that both of them come from families that have a lot of issues and they've kind of sought solace in one another. All of the men in the movie, like, it, it ranges from, like, really subtle things that are interactions with men to, like, really aggressive things that happen. It's just an atmosphere of hostility. This world that girls have to exist in. It's like um, this constant low-level danger, sort of. Yeah. I want men to watch this movie. Or like teenage boys or something. I mean, yeah. it's like one of those <laughs> movies that's so heavy that you, like... It does seem like them in yeah. the theater to watch that. It does seem know, like something they'd have to be forced to watch in <laughs> health right. education class or something. But that would be not a bad move. I'm sure that it would be a logistical nightmare getting something <laughs> like this shown in a public school. But yeah. yeah, it would be really good for really any man to watch, especially at this age. I remember being that age, and it's just extra vulnerable because you really are seen as women from a certain type of predator. <laughs> But then also as little girls, when it's convenient. And really, in any situation, whether you're seen as a little girl or a woman, is basically going to be to your detriment. In most cases. Like, the only time they were ever really safe was when they were at the abortion clinic. Which is, like, I mean, that says so much right there. Like, the safest place in the world for a young woman is the abortion clinic. Right. I feel like a lot of it, it was just, like, the inherent cost of being a woman. The part to me that sort of hit that home was the end of hanging out with that guy, Jasper. And it's like, um, can we borrow some money, you know? And he's like, yeah, come with me. I'm sorry, this is really awkward, but, um, can we ask you something? Yeah, sure. We lost our bus tickets, and it got super late, and we don't have anyone to call. Could we borrow a few bucks? Sorry. Sure, no, no problem. I mean, yeah, sure. Thank you. Just, uh, just come with me downtown, and we can stop at an ATM on the way. I would wish we could. It sounds great, but... We're really just coming at too close with our bus. I mean, everything's closed, so. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess we can find one outside. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're probably tired of plugging that thing around. We'll it's, just we'll it's run fine. out and be right back. We'll be it's, quick. It's... Okay. Okay. Come. Okay. Like, basically, it's like, yes, but you have to be alone with me for a little bit. And she just seems sort of resigned to it. Like, yeah, this is part of being a woman, <laughs> you know? It was just really interesting the way they showed that. It seemed like she didn't have any really strong feeling about that either way. Just sort of like, yeah, this is just part of the deal. Well, you get the impression yeah. that she's operated this way before. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you get a little bit of an inkling of that at oh, their workplace yeah. with their terrible manager okay. and... Who knows how far that whole, like, kissing their hand thing extends. One gets the impression that it could be much worse. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that was so gross. Just the world that they're living in. Just what I gotta do. And she knew she had to make out with a guy to get the money. That just really sucks that she had to do that. She shouldn't have to do that. And the guy, like, really thinks he's, like, a nice guy. Definitely. Too. Yeah. And it definitely was, like, this could have been so much worse. Absolutely. Uh, like, he's like, well, come downtown with me. And it's like, oh, please don't go downtown with him. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like, all right, they just went around the corner or whatever. I know. At yeah. least they know not to go downtown. Not to go to another location. Right. <laughs> Ugh.
It's so disturbing because it's so real. The other interesting thing for me is that the danger isn't really any lessened in their small town. Like, if anything, it's almost safer for them in the big city, even though they're still going to meet loads of predators. But in their hometown that they're coming from, it's even worse. It seems like they're not going to find any men who don't want to prey on them in some way. Right. So at least... In the big city, like, you've got an opportunistic dude, and he's not going to take what he wants by force, but he's going to be pretty persuasive and transactional about it. And then at the same time, it's so inherent in him to behave that way that he probably doesn't even really understand how transactional it is for her. From his point of view, it's like, I'm doing these girls a favor, the least they can do is one of them makes out with me. Right. Yeah. Like, why would I do something just to be nice? (laughs) The way that he's introduced on the bus, like, he, like, takes his hand and taps her on the Mm -hmm. arm. I love that shot of the arm tap on the bus. I feel like any woman who's ever ridden a bus knows about the arm tap. (laughs) And then the way that he asks her out is kind of like the way the gross older guy the customer asks her oh yeah wants to party and maybe you'll change your mind looks suspiciously like you are throwing a party um hey you inviting yourself (laughs) no 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 just an observation oh i don't like party uh no sorry that's not what i meant well what time you get off work late how about i give you the address if you change your mind and that's the, exactly what happens with Jasper on the bus. Yeah. Totally. And then her stepdad, Autumn's stepdad, mm-hmm. that scene with the dog really rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, right. Yeah. It's supposed to. I mean, yeah. I think that's what tells you who the father of her baby is. You sure when you so me. Who's your good girl, hmm? Stop. What? She likes it. <laughs> Go easy, she is. Did you think that when she was answering the questions at the clinic, like, did you think it was her stepfather? I kind of thought maybe it was like the heckler was the guy. I mean, I don't think I it's didn't... explicitly spelled out, but that was what I thought they were getting at. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Well, she says that she'd been with two recently, so it kind of seems like she's got it kind of narrowed down between two people. But neither of them are good people. One of them is like a shitty dude at school. One of them is her stepdad. Yeah. I watched an interview with the director. She wanted to portray this stepfather as like a, like almost an extra like baby in the house. Oh my God, absolutely. There's a scene with the mom like dressing him for work. And then he's just like drunk on the floor playing with the dog. And I don't know. Or the way he says like, yeah, yeah, like your mom wants me to tell you you did a good job. Tell her. Mother wants me to tell you how great you are. Shit. Like that's know, like that's such a something so a sibling would do. <laughs> Mom told me to tell you you look pretty. <laughs> like, and she's so awesome. Like, <laughs> I remember getting a letter from my brother. Mom told me I have to write to you. <laughs> Mom is basically putting a gun to my head right now. <laughs> and then she's so talented in the beginning like she's singing that exciter song which is like a banger like but the way she sings it in the acoustic version it's haunting yeah it really is the lyrics he makes me stay when i want to stay he makes me say things i don't want to see and though i try to break away 
shitting on her I think yeah because like she's talented I do love that that's one of my few meaningful passages is your mother wants me to tell you how great you are she just goes eat shit (laughs) 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 it's weird that men don't like care about like not getting someone pregnant you know when she answers the question yes somebody has refused to wear a condom and yes somebody has forced himself on me and it's just crazy when a man feels like no responsibility at all like because that would be mm-hmm. a bad situation for him. Yeah, but I feel like she doesn't know that. Wherever she's coming from, she's like really scared of getting in trouble. He's definitely made it so that it, she feels like this is her fault somehow. Right. I mean, I understand why she feels that way. But that's just something mm-hmm. I just don't understand. When a guy like doesn't want to not get someone pregnant. I mean, I guess just because it's like, well, she's going to have to deal with it on her own. But exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like... Just try not to. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like no consideration for consequences. Maybe I just can't relate to that mentality. If I can get somebody pregnant and it's not really going to affect me. Because obviously, like as a woman, like getting pregnant, it's going to affect you big time no matter yeah. what you do about it, you know? Right. It's just something that it's just hard to understand. Yeah. The ultimate misogyny is like just not giving a shit at all about how your actions affect women. I see that, but it's just more like not thinking that that affects you. You know, like that's the part I just can't get my head around a little bit. You know, like that it's like I got someone Mm -hmm. pregnant and it doesn't affect me at all. Well, it doesn't. We know lots of good, decent men who Mm -hmm. wouldn't feel that way. If any of the men that we're sleeping with got (laughs) any of us pregnant, they wouldn't feel like, well, that's your problem. It's really hard for me to get my head around that mentality that, like, this does not affect me. This is not my problem on any level. It's definitely a big line in the sand about a good dude versus a bad dude. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of bad people, God, the fucking clinic in her town is so horrible. I mean, it just starts right out the gate. She's like, is that a test from the supermarket? I could have... Why am I here? Yeah, exactly. And it's the reason reason is that way they can just bully her endlessly and send her home with a bunch of bullshit pamphlets and spam her with calls about it. I thought it was really funny that it was a negative could be a positive, but a positive is always a positive. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a lot of Orwellian doublespeak in that scene. I mean, that is true. Yeah. I think about a thousand pregnancy deaths in my life. Positive always means yes. And then the way that they editorialize the sonogram. (laughs) This is your beautiful baby. Yes. This will be the most beautiful thing you'll ever hear. This is your beautiful baby. And this is the most magical sound you will ever hear. I know this is a lot to take in, but I'm sure once you have that beautiful baby in your arms, you'll forget you ever had any doubts. I know these things. I'm a mother. I just can't imagine that for myself. Well, there are many wonderful people who want children and can't have them. We can connect you to an adoption agency. I just don't know what I want to do right now. Are you abortion-minded? Is that a possibility? 
Do you have a minute? Could I show you something? It's disgusting. So much stigma going on in that scene. And then straight up lying to her about mm -hmm. being 10 weeks when she's really like 18 weeks and how much that complicated things for her. I hadn't heard of that happening. I'm sure lots of places do that. Because they see it as their mission is to make sure she doesn't have an abortion at all costs, basically. So if she waited really any longer, like I think past 20 weeks, it's really hard anywhere to get one. I think an underage abortion would be basically out of the question at that point. That's their tactic. It's like, if like she sits on she it. She has lots of time yeah, to think about this. Exactly. The whole idea of like, oh, we just have the baby and give it up for adoption. As if that's an easy thing at all. Fine. <laughs> Not to mention like the, you know, mental anguish involved in that. The physical. <laughs> like, let's just trash your body right now <laughs> for no reason it wasn't like overly political i thought it was awesome like with the way that you're just like spending these three days with them like through this whole ordeal and just like knowing their story and mm -hmm. knowing how hard the laws make it for young girls to mm -hmm. go through this it, how could you not watch that and think like wow this is fucked up this issue is yeah. inherently political in this country you know people really go on about Roe v. Wade and how you have to vote a certain way to protect Roe v. Wade and the Supreme Court and all that. Because if they overturn Roe v. Wade, then half the country abortion is going to be wiped out, you know. But it really is like that anyway. Like Roe v. Wade's really just like a figurehead at this point. Because it is true that like in half the country, it's extremely difficult to get an abortion. Just state by state, like even where it's technically legal, but they've made it. So, you know, Texas, like now it's illegal <laughs> after six weeks. Like yeah. that's when you find out. You or don't like, even find out by right. six weeks. Most doctors won't even see you before you think it's right. been 10 weeks. But I mean, like a pregnancy test will come out positive at six weeks. Like you would have to be pretty regular and be pretty on top, you know. Or just like know that you had an error or something happened. Mm -hmm. Right. There only has to be one clinic in a state or something. A state mm -hmm. the size of Montana could have one abortion clinic in it so it could be so far away from you and then like the 24-hour thing that a lot of states have mm -hmm. which is so ridiculous like why you, that can't count on a phone call that you have to be somewhere in person that's made it really prohibitive for people to have to travel somewhere and stay overnight somewhere like if you can't afford to have a baby you should be able to afford to have an abortion <laughs> Right. I feel like this did a good job of showing how much we really have lost abortion rights, even though we think we have it because it's like, well, it's legal in this country, and it's like you still can it's, do it's it, but it's so hard. Yeah, for a lot of people already, and especially for girls under eighteen right. who are a susceptible population to unwanted mm -hmm. pregnancy for a variety of reasons. But right. another thing I thought was super brutal, and I'm glad that they showed it though, is all the things that she tried to do before she went on her <laughs> yeah. little road trip. Googling self-induced abortion. Ugh, so brutal with punching herself in the yeah. stomach and drinking a whole bottle of NyQuil. I want some fundamentalists to watch this movie and say like, do you want your daughter doing that shit to herself because she's scared to talk to you about this? Right. Like, I mean, I don't know if it would affect them in any way, but it's just so crazy. <laughs> And a lot of those places will not make exceptions for rape or incest. If you knew your husband had raped your daughter, would you still be like, you're having that baby? It's hard for me to wrap my mind around any level of it, but I do like that it doesn't editorialize, though, really. It just shows, like, what happens. Right. Yeah. She goes to the anti-abortion clinic, and that's, like, what happens there. They show these propaganda videos, and they lie to you and bully you. 
The video you're about to see unmasks the terrible truth that abortion is an act of violence which kills a baby. Some of the children we'll show you represent typical nine and ten week abortions. Because abortions are never committed prior to the sixth week of pregnancy, every child abortion kills is already so fully formed that her heart's beating and her brain's producing brainwave activity. And then you go to the other place and <laughs> they help you, but it's right. hard to go there. Yeah, and the, the experience that she has of the Planned Parenthood is like night and day. I want to spend a few minutes talking with you about your relationships, okay? Because they can affect your health. Did you know that? No? All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions. They can be really personal. And all you have to do is answer either never, rarely, sometimes, or always. It's kind of like multiple choice, but it's not a test. Okay. Okay. In the past year, your partner has refused to wear a condom. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Um, sometimes. Okay. Your partner has threatened or frightened you. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Why are you asking me this? I want to make sure that you're safe. Um, rarely. Okay. Your partner has made you have sex when you didn't want to. Never. Rarely. Sometimes. Always. It's okay. I want to make sure you're safe, and I want to help you if I can. Has anyone forced you into a sexual act ever in your lifetime, yes or no? Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell me about it? No, no. It's okay. I'm going to give you my number, and you can call me. We don't have to talk about it today, but you can call me if you need to talk or if you need some help, okay? The social worker was a real social worker that oh, asked her those nice. questions in that scene. Oh. The one that made it in the movie was the first take. Oh, wow. wow. That's a really impressive scene. I really like how they just hold it on her and she's like, oh my God. That was really powerful. Yes. Yeah. It's impressive that it's a, her first role, Sydney Flanagan. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like she has kind of a Jodie Foster vibe. <laughs> yeah, she reminded me so much of my niece, Tess, that that was all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple of hot probs, though. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. Do you guys have hot probs? Um, I do not understand why she didn't take them up on volunteers who can put you up for the night. I don't understand why she didn't do that. Like, that would have made things so much easier for her. I know. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Why is wandering around the city safer than going to a stranger's house that's, like, right. recommended by this clinic? Right. Well, instead, we'll just call Jasper, you know. <laughs> we'll call the creepy guy, guy from the bus. Right, bowling yeah. alley. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another one of my hot problems. It was like $90 really for bowling. $90 oh my god, that's bowling. what I, I said. $90 <clears throat> for bowling, what the fuck. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I know New York's expensive, but Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I haven't gone bowling in a long time, but it seems very high. And then also along with the, like, why didn't she take them up on the place to stay i don't know why she spent all their money on the abortion when they were like just pay what you can right like i'm sure if she just said well i have to save like whatever x amount for the trip home then they would have figured out a way to help her still 
Right. It seemed clear mm -hmm. that they were going to make this happen for you no matter what. Yeah. yeah. I was like, why are they lugging that huge suitcase all around the Port Authority? <laughs> it gave me a flashback to one time when I was in New York, like, with a big suitcase, and I didn't know where I was going. Mm -hmm. And having to get that through the turnstile and up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. The stairs. What did they even need it for? They yeah, they didn't even... anywhere. I know. <laughs> they probably would have been fine with just some backpacks, because, like, they don't really change their clothes. They have just, like, a toothbrush and some makeup. It's a detail that I really liked of them helping with the suitcase and carrying it around. And when they were leaving the town in the first place, that high shot of them walking down the hill. I don't know if it's direct reference to Fabulous Jane's, but it reminded me of that shot. It was like the same time of day, like early morning, sneaking out and getting out of your shitty town. And then they hop on the bus and they're like kind of looking at their <laughs> shitty town. I really like that whole scene of them looking at their town through the bus window as they're leaving. I really hope they leave that town soon. They're in like a strange place they've never been in. It's overwhelming. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they're children. Then they go to the Chinese bakery and get all these different desserts. And I like that. They had like that moment of levity in the end where they talk about the food and <laughs> grease and all that. Interest. It's like a bug. Yeah. Really pulley. Yeah. A delicious one. Probably bad for your health. Oh yeah. So it's good for the soul. It's kind of all that grease, yeah. All that grease. Well, she's just so relieved, I think, at that point. Yeah. Even though they've got a kind of a hard journey ahead of them and who knows what's going to happen when their boss finds out they stole that money. <laughs> I mean, they should probably quit that job anyway. <laughs> she's just, like, so relieved that she's not pregnant anymore. Yeah. yeah. Nothing else matters at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. My one other hot prop was... Well, I guess I have two other ones. One is just that I don't like that moment where Autumn's being really shitty to Skylar. She just tells her to fuck off. I'm like, come on. She's helping you. Do you want me to call my mom? No. Do you want me to call your mom? No. What do you want me to do? Fuck off. I was really worried she was going to abandon her and like go back home or something. And I was like, oh no, where is this going? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think she would because I think she'd be too scared to leave by herself. Yeah. But this is not the time to have a fight, you guys. You have to stand together. Jesus. And then the other one I had was when they say that the first part of the procedure is dilating her cervix overnight. I had to have that with my first baby. Like, I had to be induced and have my cervix dilated three centimeters. I don't know how much they had to dilate her cervix, but it was, like, so painful <laughs> that I couldn't sleep. I was just, like, doubled over in pain all night, and they let me take morphine because they knew it was going to hurt so much. So I was like, why isn't she in any pain right now? She's just kind of wandering around. I was surprised by that. Maybe it's different when maybe it doesn't have to be that much or it's, like, not as much of a dose or whatever. Or maybe it's different, like, if you don't have, like, a full-term baby pressing down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I actually don't know if that's a problem or not. When they say, like we're gonna dilate your cervix I winced because I was like oh that's no fun <laughs> so it's like a device that they put in that like there's a device well for me it was both my kids were late but my kids never dropped until I was actively in labor they were like if I ended up getting induced they said they couldn't do anything with my cervix because the baby was mm -hmm. too high and it could be a prolapse cord or something. They were telling me all the ways that they can dilate the cervix. Like ones with like a balloon. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. I don't think she had the balloon. I thought she had like some topical stuff that they 
actually put on there. I thought she took I a pill. Know. Maybe they did both. Yeah, I don't think she did the balloon because she probably didn't have to have it as much as I did because it was like to hopefully jumpstart my labor. Oh, right. To get yeah, to they 10 didn't centimeters. Need her to go into labor. They just yeah. need to open it up. Labor's so hard. <laughs> yeah, still, I'm sure like anything happening down there is not a picnic. <laughs> Right. Well, that's not true. Sometimes there's fun things down there that are a picnic, but right. <laughs> not usually in a medical context. But does anyone have any theory of like why she turns down staying over at the volunteer? Uh, the only thing I can think of is that they have that conversation after she almost gives them her insurance information and then she says, oh wait, are you going to tell my parents? Will they get a bill? And they say that they will. So then maybe at that point she's just like, I have to get out of here as soon as possible before I say something that makes them call my parents. That she wants them to think that she's got everything taken care of, maybe? Yeah. Like if they think that she's in real trouble... Maybe they'd just be like, okay, well, first we gotta... Right. You're a runaway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, they already obviously know that she's a runaway because she's in New York at 17 and yeah. doesn't want them to call her parents. That's why you're there. The only thing I... Yeah. I mean, it's just maybe because she's 17 and sometimes yeah. teenagers don't think things through. I was kind of thinking, like, she's going through a really hard time in the movie, but, like, she's pretty withdrawn and, like, she probably doesn't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. The people in her town, I mean, it's such an insular world. I was thinking, like, she probably just doesn't trust right. anything, you know, and doesn't want to feel vulnerable, like, fall asleep, like, sleep, I don't know. Yeah. Like, sleep yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of people do have that automatic, like, no, I'm okay kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was very shy and stranger danger, I guess. Right. Yeah. But the social worker is very kind. Yeah, gonna, yeah. You know? That's the only thing I could think of because I was like, that woman is nice and like, I mean... You might be onto something, though, with not trusting adults, because she definitely has a lot of examples of people at home <laughs> she can't trust, including, obviously, her own mom. There's a reason why she didn't go to her mom with this problem. I mean, and that's going to make you feel really alone in the world when you're like, I can't even trust my own mom. Like, she couldn't really even confide in her cousin. I think her cousin just kind of, like... <laughs> she gets it out of happening. her, basically, yeah. She's kind of just having trouble getting out, like, oh, I want to do this. Even at that shitty clinic mm-hmm. in her hometown... Are you abortion-minded? And she's like, is that an option? <laughs> you know, right. like, she seems like she's having trouble owning her feelings and, like, what she wants to do and right. being in control, I think. Yeah, I just wish she had done it. It would have made it so much easier. I know. I mean, the kids still could have had a lot of the other scenes Right. Beforehand. <laughs> I don't know. I do really like the scene in the arcade with the chicken. What is that? Is that like a oh, real no, thing? I was like, I what is what? this game? Like, yeah. tic-tac-toe against a chicken. <laughs> There's a live chicken in a box. Animal abuse? What's going on? It looks like they're in like this regular, like super mainstream arcade. Like it's a Dave and Buster's or something, you know? And also there's a chicken. You know, like chicken tic-tac-toe seems like. Yeah. It's pretty niche. Like like, the little carnival that's a block away from me would do or something. It's a real place. Yeah, that was weird. That was so weird. Next call. I like the French whore bath scene. That's really <laughs> funny. I like that they like really do look more and more tired 
throughout the movie. Oh my god, yes. Like, I wonder if they actually were doing some method insomnia, because those bags were, you can't pick that. They were awake for so long. You know a kid is tired when they have bags. For me, it's every morning now, obviously, but like when you're a teenager, your face is pretty pristine and tight, unless you're very tired. And they're up for like two straight nights. Mm -hmm. That would be rough. They would like snoozed a tiny bit here and there, but it was, I mean, it's not restful, I wouldn't think. And then like she can finally go to sleep like that last part. Oh my god, I know. She's like, going to sleep finally. (laughs) That's her, oh my god, finally asleep. Yes. (laughs) They're like, the procedure's ten minutes and you'll be asleep. I'm like, oh, can't you just let her sleep a little longer? (laughs) It's wild that like all of that for a ten minute procedure. You know, like all the hoops you have to jump through and all the waiting and all that. And then it's like, oh my God, we should be doing this at like a fucking drive-thru, you know? Yeah, you should be able to go to Bartels and do this. You absolutely should be able to go to Bartels and do that. Yeah. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Moby Dick, if you know what I mean. I already said the one about (laughs) eat shit. Yes. (laughs) Don't you ever just wish you were a dude all the time? I found that so meaningful. Yeah. I like the social worker in New York. I like that she said whatever decision you make is fine as long as it's yours. Can you tell me what led to your decision to terminate the pregnancy? I'm just not ready to be a mom. That's totally fine. Whatever your decision is, is totally fine as long as it's yours. I like that a lot. I like at the end when Ronald asked her what was it like, and she goes, it was kind of whatever. Such a, yeah, teenager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like? It's kind of whatever. Were they nice? Nice enough. Did it hurt? Just uncomfortable. How do you feel now? Tired. Seems like it was a lot more than whatever, but okay. Yeah, procedure, I think it was just kind of kind of whatever. whatever you know? Yeah, I mean, she that's was true. Sleep and then she was awake and it was done. That's a good point. She was just talking specifically about the procedure and not the last 48 hours. Obviously, I really love when Autumn finds Skylar making out with the guy and they like hold pinkies around the posts. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. Very telling. And then I I wrote down, no worries, I'll text you. But the, what's his name, Jasper? She's like, don't text me. (laughs) No worries. That's just such a funny thing that dudes say sometimes. (laughs) When it's like, oh, I know it's no worries for you. I mean, I guess he does say it about, like, her paying him back. But I'm sure she's like, I thought we already had our transaction. Any other meaningful messages? Really, yeah. There was almost no dialogue in this movie. I did really like their karaoke scene. Don't let the sun catch you crying. Tonight's the time for all your tears. Your heart may be broken tonight, but tomorrow in the morning I always love a karaoke scene in a movie. It's not a special line, but when the social worker said, I can be there with you, I thought that was 
really nice. Yeah, and then she says yes, and then she is, and she's holding yeah. her hand. Really nice. That is very like nice, very touching. <laughs> yeah. I know. Not like they know each other all that well at that point, but she just shared all this intimate information with this woman. Right. And I think what she's just saying is, like, I just want you to be as comfortable as you can, you know? Like, yeah. If I can do something to make you more comfortable, like, then I'll do it. I know, these people are fucking saints. Mm-hmm. We need more of them everywhere. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. Never really, sometimes always, lunchtime poll is about the kindness of strangers. I always depend on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> I always depend on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> you can always depend on the kindness of strangers. Could lock up your spirit and shield you from dangers. Now here's a tip from Blanche you won't regret. Oh my I'll God. never forget O Streetcar. <laughs> <laughs> so tell a story about a time that a stranger was kind to you. <laughs> Who would like to go first? I'll go first. I didn't really need anything from this lady, but I'll just never forget her because she was so fun. This was in 2004. My ex-husband and I were on a trip in Europe, and we were taking a train. Like We were supposed to go from Prague to Salzburg. We were leaving Prague, and most everywhere we went was on Euros, but Prague has their own check money. And because we were leaving, we had spent all our cash. We were to switch trains in some little city, and then head to Salzburg. So we were in some train station, like in the middle, some tiny town in the Czech Republic, and there was a delay or a scheduling thing, and we were just going to be hanging out in this train station for like four hours. And we just didn't have any cash. I mean, I was like 32, but when I was 32, I looked like I was 10. But... (laughs) (laughs) um, but anyway we ended up like meeting this american couple like an older couple i mean i say older she's probably like my age now a kindly old lady (laughs) but i mean definitely (laughs) older than us she was at some point referencing her kids like she had kids in college i think she thought we were about that age like college college students kind of like making our way through you know (laughs) it was like we were on like lehman brothers money we Mm -hmm. were in our 30s you know But anyway, they came and asked us while we were still on the train. There was just confusion about where to change trains and the schedule and all that. And so we ended up with them in this train station in the middle of nowhere. She kept offering to buy us stuff or like take care of us. Like, can I get you food? I have money. But she was just so nice and fun. And we were talking to her for a long time. And like she worked with like severely disabled kids. And I was telling her about my, because I have a severely disabled nephew. He was a lot younger then. And she was like, well, now I'm worried about your sister. So she had this great Texas accent. <laughs> the most fun part is there was like a little coffee pastry shop in this train station. And she's like, we're going to get something. Let me get something to you. I have money. It's fine. You know? <laughs> and then she's trying to talk to the person working there. And she asks him, like, do you speak English? And the guy's like, English? No. And then she's like, Atlas Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> And he did not habla español <laughs> But then she bought us these cookies that were like the greatest thing that we ever had. There was like a shortbread cookie with like jam on it. And then this like really spectacular like meringue or something. Mm. like. And then the whole thing was coated in chocolate. It was like this top. Oh, wow. Then we never saw her again. You know, mm-hmm. then we got on our train to Salzburg and said goodbye. But 
She was such a delightful person. <laughs> That's great. It's too bad he didn't have last manual. She must be fun in a Mexican restaurant. We'll go next because mine's also pastry adjacent. When I had my youngest and he was a baby, my daughter was like five years old. There was just a lot of like hefting him around. He didn't really like to be in a stroller or anything for a while. He just wanted to be like held. (laughs) So I carried him in a sling a lot. I forget why I was getting pie for people from All Mode Pie. And I got a bunch of different pieces that I was bringing to people. And I got one piece for myself, and I was really excited about it, and I had this stack of boxes, and I was trying to cross the street, holding a baby, holding a stack of pie boxes. <laughs> and, of course, I fucking trip, and the pie goes flying. Uh-huh. But, like, all of it's fine, except for the piece that I bought for myself, <laughs> which somehow spectacularly, the box sprung open, and the pie just went smashing and skittering all across the street. And there's a pub across the street from the pie place. And I guess, like, one of the ladies that works in the pub saw that happen and came running out to help me. And then she's like, do you want me to go get you another piece of pie? And I was like, well, no, that's okay, because that one was for me and all the rest are for someone else. And she's like, oh, well, I'm definitely going to go get you some pie. (laughs) And she asked me what it was. And she, like, wasn't taking it. She was already gone. She was just like, I'm going to go get it right now. So I was just like, oh. Okay. (laughs) While she was in there, I went and put the pie in the car and put my kids in the car. And she came back out and she was just so nice. She was like, I just know that I would have been so sad if that had been my pie. You look like you need a piece of pie. So (laughs) I think I started crying. I was just like, oh my God, thank you. People are so concerned about you when you're pregnant. And then after you have the baby, it's like, fuck you. If anything happens, it's your fault. It just feels like that a lot of the time. Yeah. Do you do anything for yourself? Like, yeah. You be so selfish. She did this nice thing for me, and I was just like, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. And she was like, it's nothing. It's fine. I'm like, glad to help. And then she just was back in the pub. It's like, never forgotten that little tiny kindness from that one lady. It's so telling, that response, though, when you're like, oh, don't worry, because that one was just for me. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I got myself, like, we were talking about some kind of cake that I used to make, and I was like, well, I never make that one because I'm the only one who likes it. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. <What>? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, if it's only for me, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> exactly. I have one from when I was in college. I spent a semester abroad in my junior year. I was 21, and I studied at the school with another girl that I didn't know at school in Pennsylvania, but I met her there and we became friends and we decided to take our spring break and we took like a a flight to London to go see another person that was from our college and stay with them. And while we were on the flight, there were these two male flight attendants and I think they were like 30s or 40s and they were just like so fun. (laughs) We were talking with them and like, yeah, we're going to London and we're going to see our friend and we're studying here. And he's like, well, going out in London is really expensive. We'll just top you off. He went back into the back of the plane and then he came out and he had like this huge shopping bag full of like the airplane bottles yeah. and like all these liquors. And it was like 30 airplane bottles. Oh my God. <laughs> and we were just like, oh my God. I felt like we were like ballers or something. Yeah. Like rock stars. Bottle service. I was like, Wow, this is 
so cool. Who does this? That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, I didn't really go out to bars. I never had a fake ID. And then, like, when I turned 21, I was like, woo, let's do this. <laughs> it was just like a woo kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's like hundreds of dollars in booze, yeah, really, yeah. for the resale. <laughs> I'm sure that there is a markup on that, but I think it's like $5 for a bottle, little <laughs> bottle of Baileys or something. How very. When they say that they, we have volunteers that you can stay with, I have a friend, Bill, who actually used to do that. He lived in Brooklyn. Oh. I wrote to him and he said, yeah, I did that. I don't do it anymore because he lives too far away. So I didn't hear back any specific experience or anything, but it's an organization called the Haven Coalition. That's like a great thing to do. I wonder if there's something like that in Seattle. I'm like half a mile away from Planned Parenthood, but I don't know what it's like in Washington State. I wonder if there are people coming from like Eastern Washington oh my God. that need to, yeah. stay, you know. Yeah, I feel like we should follow up. <laughs> we should. That would be great. We have a guest room. Yeah, we should look at that. Our second film today is another 2020 film. Kind of a different vibe, but similar plot. It's an HBO Max original comedy directed by Rachel Lee Goldenberg, who also directed the Valley Girl remake, which I didn't see, but I'm curious. Let's just notice that on the IMDb. And written by three different people. Jenny Hendricks, who is a writer for How I Met Your Mother, Ted Kaplan, and Jennifer Caton Robinson, who did write, but it isn't out yet, the new Taika Waititi movie, Thor, Love and Thunder, a.k.a. Lady Thor. <laughs> and it stars Haley Lou Richardson and Barbie Ferreira, who is also an HBO star <laughs> from Euphoria. Unpregnant tells the story of Veronica, a popular-ish 17-year-old Missouri teen who learns she's pregnant and must travel to Arizona to get an underage abortion. She reluctantly enlists the help of Bailey, an estranged childhood bestie who is now the school outcast. I've got this thing. If a young woman needs a procedure, is that possible? Where's the closest facility? There's an Albuquerque in Missouri? The law won't let me get one without my parents knowing. I know we're not close anymore. True. And I'm the last person that you want to help. Accurate. But I need your help and I don't have anywhere else to go. Go where? To get the thing, the, the procedure. So you're hiding this from your man, your best friend. Hey girl. And your Jesus freak parents. And you thought, why not ask Bailey Butler to drive me hundreds of miles? Because she probably doesn't have anything to do anyway. Kind of, yes. Bailey, Bailey, come on. I'm just messing with you. You're right, I do not have anything going on. I thought you drove a Camry. Woo! Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico. We'll be in Albuquerque by tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. No. And we'll be home Sunday evening. I'm setting the alarm for 5 a.m. Self-care, huh? I had to post something so people wouldn't bother me. Of course, and so people wouldn't know you're with me. We both know you wouldn't do the same for me. You made it really hard to be your friend. I'm sorry that I couldn't be perfect for I you never all the time. I needed you to be perfect. Why are they looking at the car? I see my mom's boyfriend's car. We're and driving a stolen car. Hello? If you don't help us out, we're going to be in so much trouble. I don't think that this is what you really want. It's my life. It's my choice. Fast. 
right away there was a Heather's reference. Oh, yeah. Because the main character is named Veronica, and then one of her slizzy friends is Heather. Hey, Veronica. Heather. I'm so glad I caught you. Would you be looking at the layout for the yearbook prom page? Let me just pull it. Whoa. Up. No. No. No spoilers on the yearbook. Come on, dude. God. Um... Okay, why don't you email that to me, Heather, and then I can really process the nuances of the squiggly border that you chose. <laughs> I'm so glad you noticed the And then I think Bailey is supposed to be, like, the vibe is, like, Veronica Martha. and Betty Finn. Except not as much of a doormat as Betty Finn. Right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you're talking to me again? Yay! Right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I did notice that immediately. The first person she talks to is someone named Heather, and I'm sure that was not a coincidence. Yeah, uh, in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, totally not. Yeah, they were childhood friends because their moms were close, which I also, like, noted that line because we're our friends with kids. We're like, be friends! You must be friends! <laughs> so we can hang out with our friends. <laughs> yeah, this is a very different vibe but yeah in a it's good a very it's really a similar story like if you mm -hmm. were to recap it's virtually the same thing yeah instead of her stepdad the father <laughs> is he gives me like a chris klein from uh yes. election, election. Totally kind of was, is he a jock? He's in X Games, yeah. or he's like the birth won't interfere with the X Games or something. He sold two dirt bikes to buy the rain. Yeah. Or something. Oh right. Still yeah. Two other. So he kind of sucks. That's her. Kind of. Oh my God. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I feel like it's irredeemable that he's like I noticed that the condom broke but didn't tell you. Oh of I course. Broke yeah. He is dead to me. I mean, by kind of, I did mean totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i do like the whole thing about how he's like doing all this performative stuff john keys like told me i gotta go get my lady and at the restaurant he's like water for the lady yes. i will have the mountain dew you know how come he gets mountain dew and she just gets water and then he gets like mad at her at the clinic and he's like i'm just being so nice to you right right now. yeah as he's <laughs> yelling at her and then tries to blackmail her into staying together like he's gonna out her you do know that you can't stop me from doing no this. listen i know and you're right okay this isn't about me wanting a baby i, I want you Okay? I, I still want to be with you, even though you're doing this. I appreciate that. I do. But right now, I would just prefer it if you weren't here. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? I, I, I was just, like, so nice. Excuse me? What, what, what do you want from me? You know, I, I said I'm sorry, like, five times already about the condom thing or whatever, okay? I'm here to comfort you in your time of need, and, and it's like, you don't even realize I had, like, three other things going on this weekend. It's like you don't even want to be with me at all. You're totally right. I've been unsure for a long time, and that's unfair to you. And I'm sorry, because you've been a really fun boyfriend, but you are not the person that I want to be with for the rest you, of my life. And I, I don't think you can hear yourself right now, but you sound crazy. Come on. Am I really the person that you... Want... Either we stay together, or I tell everybody at school about your top secret abortion. He's pretty terrible. He really sucked. But I, I liked that she always knew that she was gonna get the abortion. She's, She's a little bit more organized than yeah. Autumn from Never Really. 
that's kind of how she's like Veronica. She sees everything as a problem to solve. This is what I need to do to get here. She has that budget. Right. It mm-hmm. also seems like that's kind of what her personality is anyway. Mm-hmm. Like she's sort of a responsible person. That reminds me, like, in Heather's where she's like, they're like friends I work with. Yes. She is like doing these social media things and she's like, this is just what you have right. to do. Or yeah. the same kind of. Totally her like Instagram. Do colleges look at people's Instagram? I mean, I know yeah. that like employers do that. I bet they do. Especially probably the ones she's applying to. I'm sure she was applying to <laughs> some Ivy League, some pretty nice schools. I thought they said she was going to Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I love that her friend was like, that guy's a straight-up stalker, and she's like, time's up on all that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I do love Bailey, obviously. Bailey is fucking hilarious. All my meaningful passages are Bailey. Yeah. I mean, I like that, like, the call-out of say anything, you know. It's like, say anything made that seem cute, but it's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you know that he asked me out literally every day for a month until I said yes? He literally waited outside my window one night for a whole night. You know, say anything made that seem cute, but it's called stalking. So, time's up and all that. That dude's an actual stalker. Catch you on the flip, Judo. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> what else did I want to talk about? Well, she's got another family situation where she can't trust her mom with the information. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. Even though she's not really coming from an abusive home per se, that we get an inkling of anyway. She still like knows that her mom would not approve of her following this course of action, especially because her sister and her mom were both young moms, apparently. Her cover is that she's doing a 48-hour study sleepover kind of thing, I guess. (laughs) Which is funny because it seems like something that they do a lot, but they don't really do much studying when she's there. They were all trying to figure out whose pregnancy test was in the dumpster. They totally reminded me of the Mean Girls clique. Like, they're all wearing jumpsuits or whatever and face masks and (laughs) sleuthing online and... Being judgmental. Yeah, it's great. It's so shitty. Shut up. Hot Probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. I definitely had more Hot Probs with this one than the other one. Comedies are tough because things will get a little nuts sometimes just for, I guess, the sake of a gag. I feel like there was a certain amount of outrageousness. And then also it's just kind of telling that there are three writers. Yeah. HBO's like, we want to hit these beats. These are the elements we want. Like that whole Breckenmeyer subplot, the boyfriend calling them. Right. I don't think Bailey would have really been like, yeah, let's get a ride with these two people. You think that she wouldn't have trusted them? I don't think she would have. Especially, like, they already had a ride to a bus station from the girl that she's, like, crushing on. That's not a thing a teenager does, is like, oh, I'm vibing with someone, let's not spend as much time as possible. Yeah, let's let this go without an argument. It just seems so obvious to me that they were preying on them for some reason. That was a hot problem, like, just the general hot problem, this gets a little too madcap. Because it's more than just, like, they're anti-abortion people, they're all, he's also, like, a cult leader, kind of, I guess, or some sort of polygamy. Giant bus. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I didn't need the car chase. Right, right. Like, right. Sometimes like, people just get where they're going and it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if it's eventful in a realistic way, like all kinds of shit can go wrong on a road trip. Right. There's a lot of inherent <laughs> conflict and drama potential anyway. I mean, as evidenced by the film we just talked about. Right. There were plenty of obstacles for them without there having to be a car chase. Yeah. Right. And then also there's just like they have a really fun banter. You could still be like entertaining without all this 
they are throwing a lot of things out. Like the stolen car thing seems like, why? Right, that's a whole extra element we don't need, really. I do love that the Trans Am is so cool. Our first question was like, why does she have such a bitchin' car? <laughs> and then, of course, it's not hers. But, like, why couldn't it be? Why couldn't it just be her car? And then they have this awesome car that they're going on this road trip with, and then it breaks down or something. It is a classic car. That happens. Like, even if it looks really great, it'll break down. That just would have not taken me out of it as much as, like, what, she stole it from her stepdad? The cops are looking for this stolen car. But, but not, not her. Right. Right, not specifically the teenage girl who's like the only person that would have taken, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just start slowly questioning all the people in this diner and get immediately distracted by the guy. Jeff Stanfield sometimes was aware of like, we want to throw in a lot of pop culture references. Because I sort of thought that was a little bit of an echo of that scene from Fletch where he creates a distraction from the cop. Like standards tell let everyone hug a cop or something so someone can sneak out. That scene was probably my hottest prop, like the whole thing with the stolen car and that the cops are, the cops like what, two states away are looking for this specific stolen car, but they don't have a description of Bailey right. and they get so easily distracted because the guy stands on a chair and starts singing. Mm -hmm. really, it seems like a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of like Michael, the Ben Stiller character from Reality Bunny. Like he's like, this was like a MTV audience or something that they're making this for. Mm -hmm. You know where he's like, you have to feed them the messages. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, it's an abortion movie, but they've got to like, here's the plane. You know? It was <laughs> never made low. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like a good analogy. I feel like Elena doesn't appreciate good analogy. Yeah, I know. I was totally <laughs> Anyway, let's not get back into reality bites. Uh, what else? Oh, just like the weird hours of the abortion clinic. Like, I know she didn't call in the first place, but then when they do call, she didn't really have an appointment on Sunday. So when Bailey calls, I thought it was going to be like, and of course they're not open on Sunday. But no, they are. It seems like a 24-hour abortion clinic somehow. Right, we can get you in at 8 a.m. I know, that, that phone call, that was one of my hot probs. She's calling from a busy, noisy <laughs> fairground, and it's like her responses go to Bailey. Oh, hi, yes, this is Veronica Clark, and I'm in need of, um, I'm in need of an abortion uh, tomorrow, please. Yes, I've taken a pregnancy test, and it's positive. About seven to eight weeks. I'm not sure. It's pretty early. Oh, what did I say? Oh, I'm eligible for a pill instead of surgical. Oh, I need to come back for a, a follow-up? Nope, can't make two separate appointments, so I guess surgical it is. Yes, I do have someone coming with me to my appointment, actually. She's amazing and actually super smart, but doesn't brag about it. Just like this majestic cute. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Like, it's not good phone the acting. Piece of yeah. The phone call isn't. Yeah. And then yeah. everything just works out, you know, like in a nice bow. Yeah. And then why even do that? Like, it'd be so easy to just write it like, okay, I'm going to go call them and then come back and be like, I call them. This is what happened. Instead of having a totally <laughs> unbelievable phone call that takes you out of it. I guess they wanted to show it, though, mm -hmm. because the couple overheard that conversation. They still could have overheard her right. no, I know, around the I corner like or something. They wanted to but we didn't need that either. So right, we're yeah, cutting yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, like, defending it. Yeah. I think that's why they made that. Yeah. Place. But I mean, I wonder, like, if a place like that 
I mean, they had to go so far. Again, this is another thing that illustrates how little it means that abortion is legal in this country. Like, they had to go so far. Is a place like that just set up that way that it's like, yes, whenever you can get here, we can do something for you because we know Maybe. people are coming from far away. Think mm-hmm. of how many states, yeah. like, not just that they crossed through how many states, but like, how many states would still have been closer than New Mexico? So people would be coming from all over. That would be the closest place to a lot of people. Totally. I mean, that's insane to me. And when she's like, oh, there's an Albuquerque in Missouri. (laughs) You can't possibly mean Albuquerque, New Mexico. That can't be the closest place to Missouri, you know? It's a 14-hour drive. There's so many states. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so many. I like that when, when she first finds out what the clinic is or whatever, she kind of does a map where it is in relation to Missouri. And, like, she does a, a map with her hands in the air, basically. Right. I just think that's, like, a really funny, like, student thing to do. Yeah. Oh, and if we're still on hot probs, like, yeah. my last big one was, it seemed like it was sort of engineered that they were going to have a fight at some point. You know, it was almost yeah. like a friend romantic comedy, like, boy meets girl. Like, there was going to have to be a girl loses girl and and how it came up was about her saying yeah that pregnancy test probably was bailey's you know like why would she do that that was not believable that she would just say no i don't think it was her it doesn't make any sense it just seems yeah right like, like why at that point would she be that petty <laughs> or throw her under the bus or just like cowardly i feel like is what they were going for mm-hmm. like that she couldn't stick up for her to her friends or stand up to her friends but i don't yeah. think her friends are so invested in that right you know? like i don't think they would care and I don't think she would have to say, no, she's gay, or like, no, it was mine, you know. Like, that she even just said, oh, I don't think so, and they might think it, and that's really all she had to say. Right. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think it was her. Yeah, they just move on. <laughs> right. Or she wouldn't be in trouble with Bailey, at least. Right, like, that's the thing. Like, whether yeah. her friends believed it or not, like, then it wouldn't cause this rift with Bailey. Yeah, that felt very manufactured, mm-hmm. that whole fight. And then also, like, the whole, like, pullover. I hate it when that happens in movies, and I guess it does maybe sometimes happen in real life, but, <laughs> like, when you're going somewhere and you're in the middle of nowhere, like, what? why would you be so mad that you're like, let me out here in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the manufactured fights. It right. do, you don't need it. It doesn't yeah. need the extra drama. And especially if you're going to add in the thing about her visiting her dad, too. Oh God, yeah, that was a little bit like... Okay. Which was also so extra unnecessary. Right. Right. I also feel like... I mean, I did like their conversation that they had about, like, why they weren't friends anymore. And Veronica saying, like, you made it so hard to be your friend. You know, mm-hmm. like, I did like hearing her perspective on that. They could have gotten to that point without this, like, fight that was not really... Totally. They could have just, it could have just been a regular conversation of like, Mm -hmm. we've been getting along really great on this trip. How come we... Right. Like, why why did we stop being friends, you know? Yeah. How long was this movie? I forget. I feel like it was like an hour 45. Yeah. I think it could have been a pretty tight 90. Could have been a tight 90. (laughs) I love it. It felt like they could have done... It could have been shorter, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I did really enjoy... I thought this was an enjoyable movie, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely would have kept the whole, uh, like, NASCAR scene. I like that a lot. I love a carnival scene. Yeah. Yeah. Carnivals are fun. Fun house and, like, the bubble balloon pit or Mm -hmm. whatever. That was was good. I like that. That was cute. Yeah, that was a very cute scene. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you're right. Like, why would she not just be like, dude, we just made out. (laughs) 
please, can we do this instead? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess they were saying, like, we'll drive you all the way to Albuquerque, but... Yeah, sketchy. <laughs> Definitely always trust the cool lesbian car driver over the like weird, the weird overly eager and helpful couple with the baby. I do like it when there's a really cool car in a movie with ladies. <laughs> like ladies can have, I like it when ladies have cool cars. Yeah. I thought that I love a muscle car, and that car was great. <laughs> I love her nod to Thelma and Louise too. Like, yes. Let's Go. Let's, keep, Let's going. keep going. Let's keep going. And she's like, no, we're not, I'm just kidding, you know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, let's do meaningful passages. Why not? Yeah. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. I really love to catch you on the flip judo because there's just a lot of levels there. I, I appreciate what you did with the test and everything, but we're not just like, you just happen to be the person that walked in the bathroom. Oof. I'd love to. Have. Thanks. Catch you on the flip, Juno. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. I liked what she's talking about her boyfriend. Or Bailey's like, could you imagine marrying that guy? Would your first dance be to imagine dragons or Yeah. Oh my God, that is actually so on brand for him. Could you imagine like actually getting married to that guy? <laughs> What would your first dance be to uh, Imagine Dragons or, or Nickelback, do you think? He nails him so well. Also, when she said he proposed, she said, that is so on brand for him. <laughs> <laughs> she is so fucking funny. Right. I meant to go back and say, because when she was admitting that she stole the car, and she's like, is it stolen if you know the person? <laughs> but she said something I could not, I, was, I meant to rewind with the captions or something, but like, if you know the person, I th- feel like she said something, if you know the person is a big douche or something. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what she said, but I could tell it was something funny. We're driving a stolen car. Shut up. Shut up. Oh my gosh. Is it stolen if you know the person that the rules are very vague? They are not. If the owner did not let you drive it, then it is stolen. I liked when they were on the Ferris wheel sh- or the ride shouting, we're gay and pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like girls! Yeah! 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 Yes! I like girls! <laughs> 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 the first time I masturbated with Donald Watson in Deathly Hollows! I thought that was what the couple was going to have overheard, but they didn't. The one line I wrote down that was not Bailey that I really liked was the pawn shop owner. <laughs> the pawn shop owner was awesome. Yeah, I love that yeah. like she wasn't going to buy the rig until she saw the boyfriend, and then she was like, oh, yeah, you definitely need to get rid of that baby. Right. <laughs> Here you go. But then she says, if any of this comes back on me, I'll sew the two of you together into a human centipede. <laughs> I'll give you $1,300. We're rich. Thank you. I, I, I don't even know how to begin to thank you. This is, you are such a sweet woman for helping us. If any of this comes back on me, I'll sew the two of you together as a human centipede. That is centipede. That's so... 
<laughs> it's dark. But yeah. I think that's just a really funny thing to say. I don't know. I really <laughs> like that really line a lot. And I like that that lady got to deliver that line. Yeah. Made her very memorable. Another Bailey line I liked at the end when she was like, I'm just here because you need someone. And I feel like that was also meant to be a say anything called that because that's a. Oh, yeah. You know, when she kind of mm-hmm. said, I'm here because you need someone or because you need me. Uh, Next, there's a lot of, there's a lot of references. There. I bet there's a lot of lo- the, more than we yeah. even picked up on. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like there's, I mean, it's like three different writers coming at this with their 80s and 90s movies references. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I did, like, Veronica's thing about should I stay or should I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble. And if I stay, there will be trouble. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. That song literally makes zero sense. It's, it, 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 it just makes, okay, he's saying... If, if he leaves, there will be trouble, but if he stays, there will be double. What, the choice is clearly to leave. It's literally half the amount of trouble. <laughs> wow. Man, that has got to be the most clinical interpretation of a punk song, like, ever. I liked Veronica's line, I should not be here. I found that super meaningful. I should not be here. I, I should be able to just walk down the street and, and open a door and waltz right in and say, hello, my name is Veronica. My boyfriend is an asshole. Here's my $500. Oh, oh, yes, I would love a cup of water. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. But no, nope. Instead, I literally had to drive 996 miles and now I'm stranded in this freaking field in the middle of nowhere and the train, the stupid train won't slow down. Why in the hell do you need to get parental consent to have an abortion but not to actually birth a human child? I don't think they say that in Never Really, Sometimes Always, but I was definitely feeling like that the whole time. Like, this shouldn't even be necessary. Yeah, and I love her part of that uh, where she's talking her way through what it should be like, and she's like, oh, yes, I would love a glass of water. Like, she's painting a picture of, like, people should be helping. It shouldn't be this hard. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be to go through this. And then also, I love Giancarlo... Esposito, Gus Spring from Breaking Bad as Mitch slash Bob. I liked his intro into the movie, talking about the government. (laughs) Big government. Thinking they can tell people what they can and cannot do with their bodies. It makes me sick. They want us to suckle at their teeth, drink their fluoride water, and brush our teeth every day like little cogs in their machine. Do you not brush your teeth? much money you got. I really like him in general, but that was another thing that I thought could have been cut. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think we needed him. Yeah. I, I just have an affinity for that actor. I yeah. love that guy. I mean, I guess it's nice to have a man in an abortion movie be actually helpful in a way. He's doing it for weird, <laughs> like, libertarian reasons, yeah. but... And then I love Bailey's line, some people take a limo to prom, we take it to an abortion. <laughs> some people take a limo to prom, we take it to an abortion. Well... I took a limo to prom, too. It was pretty funny when they were in the limo <laughs> singing, and he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it seemed like they were very loud the whole time. It was kind of like, yeah, the dad, like a dad driving <laughs> your teenager <laughs> somewhere. 
I liked Aggressive Ballerina a lot. I liked that it came up earlier, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, I hope we get to see that because it sounds very (laughs) funny, and then it really was pretty funny. Oh, and I also wrote down Trains Go Fast. See, that was a trope that I really liked that they subverted. There were some tropes, but the whole, like, trying to jump on the train and how they couldn't do it, and they, like, stop at the last second. I fucking love that, because when they were running for the train, I was like, oh, my God, no, another train hopping scene. And then it wasn't, so (laughs) I appreciated that a lot. Because trains do go really fast, and it's, like, super dangerous to hop on a train. (laughs) If not, impossible, yeah. What else does a suicide need, huh? Excuse me. I mean, I liked how at the end, after she's gotten in bed, they're really stranded so far away from home with no money that they both called their mom. And they were both going to be in some trouble with their moms for different reasons, you know? But that did hit home, like, how big a deal having a baby is, you know? Like, you're just not just, like, taking care of a baby. That's, like, a person's go-to call when they're really in trouble. It's like, who are you going to call? you call your mom, you know? I thought oh, that yeah. was what they were kind of hitting home there. Definitely, and it's good that they were able to do that, even though they were going to be in trouble, because I feel like that's in never rarely, like, Autumn was never going to call her mom. That was just not going to happen. Wasn't there a scene, like, I don't know if it was when they were at the bowling alley, but, like, she was bleeding, and then I thought, like, she called her mom, oh, and yeah. then she hung up on her she mom, did. and mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, her mom's probably going to, like, frantically try to call her back and, like, worry about her, but, like... No. <laughs> it just stopped there. There was nothing. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. The parental situation, it seemed like Haley comes from like a family of like more means, and the family situation was never rarely seemed like she probably couldn't. I don't know. What was her mom going to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. She has a care? job. If your 17-year-old's working long hours at a job, then it's probably because the family does not have enough money for anything. And it seems like the stepdad's probably kind of a layabout slash drain on finances and all kinds of shit yeah. going on there. I mean, obviously there's some bad parent situations and unpregnant because of Bailey's dad, but I still don't think we needed that. But you're right, and that's the other thing about it is, like, if you call your mom when things are going bad, so then the idea of, like, just have a baby, it's easy. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, you're making a lifelong Yeah, you're that commitment. for life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I remember thinking that when I was, like, in high school, maybe junior high, but, like, I woke up in the middle of the night and, like, barfed all over the hallway carpet. <laughs> I woke up my mom and she cleaned it up. And oh, I was what? like, I'm never having kids now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of getting paid and puke by your kids. That's a huge part of it. <laughs> but just having to be the problem solver. Your kids the, hardly ever have barked in their lives. Yeah. Like, there's still stuff where I'm the for the way. As you see, even if their mm-hmm. dad was standing right there, the mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the solution is always going to be something that you don't necessarily want to do. Right. <laughs> but you love the kids, so you do it. <sighs> yeah, my mom is definitely always my go-to. And you know, like, when you make the decision to have a kid, I mean, I want to be that. That was another thing that was so hard about both these movies for me. It was just, I never, ever want my kids to feel like they can't go to me about that stuff. Right. And have to solve the problem like that huge on their own. Mm-hmm. I would feel like I really failed if they felt like they had to hide it from me and couldn't just let me fix it for them, you know? <laughs> but I'm sure that this is a very common story for a lot of people. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's talk about something fun, like okay. uh, the lunchtime <laughs> poll for unpregnant. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. Which is a good one. It's nice, lighthearted. <laughs> There's no way this can get dark. No way at all this can get dark. <laughs> I don't think. Anything food related. Prove me wrong. I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> what is your convenience store purchase? Or purchases? What do you, what do you do? It? When you're on a road trip, you stop at a convenience store. What are you getting? Well, I always like getting gum. And then I always liked Keebler cheese crackers with peanut butter mm. I, just, I like that and then sometimes i'll go for gardettos which i don't know i don't mm. ever eat that like i don't even know what that is it's like a weird um you don't know gardettos like a, snack mix it's it's like, like, a, like i don't even know what it's like a snack mix like there's one bagel chip looking thing Ooh, and it's like okay. really hard to chew the, the ride chip yeah and the then, ri- okay. oh yeah and it's you yeah. love the ride chip. It's like a couple like, different kinds of breadsticks. Okay. I know yeah. what you're talking about. I don't know what, I feel like I'm thinking of Chex Mix or something. But. And there's like two kinds of breadsticks, like a squiggly breadstick <laughs> and a straight breadstick. It's a cylindrical yeah. one. It's like Carb City, but yeah. really delicious. It's, a, it's really good. a lot of vending machines. Like, yeah, now that you yeah. say I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. <laughs> and I have yet to find a Diet Coke slushy, but I would be oh, all over gosh. that. <laughs> oh yeah, why don't they do that? That's crazy. I don't know. It's like a no-brainer yeah. Or <laughs> just any like no sugar slushy. They definitely like don't have that at all. Because yeah, my kids have been asking for them lately because it's been so hot, and I'm just like I don't even want. Ugh, yeah, <laughs> this is so much sugar. <laughs> Interestingly enough, it's been too much sugar for them every time, and they've never they've had a couple of sips and been like, Nah, I don't want it. You can have it. here, mommy. You can have it. And I'm like, Oh my god, there's no fucking way I'm having that. What about you, Annie Malone? Um, I don't really have a good one other than well. This is convenience store adjacent. Um, so I don't not really have like a convenience store purchase, but I do love if I'm on a road trip to stop at a Dutch Brothers. Like, yeah. I don't know why. Like, there's nothing special about Dutch Brothers, but I feel like I think of it as such a treat because I'll like get something like so much more sugary than I would get every day at mm-hmm. coffee, you know? And they have like a whole secret menu. Like, it's also fun, like, if we know a Dutch Brothers is coming up to him, my phone. Well, I guess now Logan has her own phone, but like, what him? my phone to them and they're like looking through the menu like there's a million different combinations and flavors and names of drinks Whoa. that you get at Dutch Brothers. So that's like a very special road trip treat for me. Is that just in Washington? Uh, they're definitely in Oregon too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're beyond that. They're actually expanding. Like I read that they had like an IPO and they're not, they're going to be like nationwide. <laughs> oh, wow. really? I, when we were in uh, California, we had a couple of friends like they were going to the wedding. We all stayed at the same Airbnb. They went to Dutch Brothers every morning. <laughs> like I woke up too late to ever like take advantage of it, but she got really into the menu. My friend was like, <laughs> she's like, there's this drink called the Double Rainbow, and it's like energy drinks and like grapefruit and. Oh my god. I don't know. It just was a lot of shit in there, and <laughs> like wow. I thought it was coffee, but like that was not a coffee one. Right. They have fun names, like there's the Kicker and the Annihilator. Like, I think the Annihilator is just like a caramel mocha or something. It's like, why do they call this aggressive name? <laughs> That's funny, but the, the double rainbow it makes it sound like it's like for extreme sports 
Yeah. Athletes or something. (laughs) On your way to the snowboard slopes, (laughs) stop at Dutch Brothers, bro. That's a great answer. That's what you're going to do. I have a couple things I like to do. I don't do it every time we stop and get gas or whatever, but like every once in a while, I will treat myself to a bag of combos. Oh, yeah. Those are so good. Pizza combos. Pizza is my favorite, except if they have my new favorite, which is actually like a new flavor that they had for a minute, and then I haven't seen it this summer. Honey sriracha. Whoa. So fucking good. And the best part about it is that my kids won't eat them, so then I get the whole bag to myself. Wow. They will eat the pizza combos. Even though they'll say they are not that good. And then I'm like, well, fuck you, give me my combos <laughs> But, yeah, the pizza pretzel ones. Because there's also pizza ones with, like, a white sort of pizza dough style cracker. But that's oh. the, I like the pretzel ones the best with the pizza and sometimes they'll have pepperoni pizza which is like artificial flavor so then i'm get a little oh, fake pepperoni no. smokiness why is nice. there a good veggie pepperoni my god i know it's somebody please get on that beyond or impossible That's or whatever I if i ever crack like it's gonna be for pepperoni just like a piece <laughs> of the, like the extra crusty pepperoni from a pizza it's just so greasy Oh my god, I did love pepperoni. And then the other thing I like to do sometimes, like if I'm really tired and I don't want to drink coffee because then I'll have to stop and pee again, I'll get a rocket chocolate. They usually have those by the register and they're, they're, they're just these little like truffles that have like basically the equivalent of like two cups of coffee in them. And you just pop a delicious little chocolate truffle in your mouth and then you're like, I'm ready to drive! <laughs> How very. And that's it. So cool. Uh, we abortion polluted. Greetings and salutations. Greetings and salutations to the great state of New Mexico, oh. where apparently they're doing uh, great work with abortions. So thank yeah, you, New Mexico, for being good and better than your neighbors, Arizona, where I'm sure you get a lot of people driving over from Arizona to get abortions. My mom lived in New Mexico for a while. She really loved it. Uh, I have many friends from Albuquerque, Albuquerque adjacent people. I don't like the desert climate at all, but if I had to live in the Southwest for whatever weird reason, <laughs> it would be somewhere in New Mexico. I've never been there. <laughs> I've only really driven through, so. Yeah, I don't think I, I see really it. drove through. I drove from Dallas to Seattle once, but I don't think we went through New Mexico. There's this new, like, it's called Meow Wolf. It's like a... What? It's called what? Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf? Meow Wolf. Like, what a cat says, what a dog says. A wolf. (laughs) And it's like a big, like, artist installation or company. It's in in Santa Fe, I think. I guess it's become, like, a destination, but it looks Mm. really cool. I want to go to that someday. Santa Fe's definitely been always been artistic. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, art. that's like the art hub. Yeah, of that area. I just realized it also like I don't know why I didn't think of this when I was watching it. That, like New Mexico and Gus Fring and right, Giancarlo yeah. Esposito. <laughs> I wonder if he just like lives there now or if it's like we're shooting something in New Mexico. Let's get Giancarlo <laughs> on the phone. I, I need to watch Better Call Saul. Yes, you do. I've not seen that. Oh my god, there's I like, love it so much. There's like five, six seasons or something. There's a lot. Five, five. But they're short. They're not very long seasons. But I love it more than Breaking Bad, although I didn't finish Breaking Bad. But I love it more than any of the Breaking Bad I've seen. I love how Bob Odenkirk has become like this. He's got like an action movie. Like the yes. I want to see that. I yeah. wanted to see I mean, that. I'll, and I'm I'll, like, I'll wait. I'll wow, see he's an action movie. star. And then he was in Little Women, which is so Yes. <laughs> yes. <that's laughs> 
he was fine. My little was women. Fine. <laughs> he was absolutely fine, but it was, he was. like, I'm sorry, we can't forget I know. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people have that feeling. If, <laughs> if you watched Mr. Show or any like early Bob Odenkirk comedy, it's just it's not possible to <laughs> yeah. see him as a period actor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it was so jarring. Like, yeah. He shows up like more than halfway. I know. It's like a drunk history. <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy. That's very accurate. Yeah. Like, wait, is he? <laughs> What am I watching right now? <laughs> On the next episode of Paid in Puke, we're swooning over Todd Haynes's 2015 romantic drama, Carol, starring Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.